Hi, how would you like to advertise on Conversations with Dwyer? Email me at conversationswithdwyer and we can talk about it. Or actually email me about it. But whatever you're advertising, whether it be your product, your music, or just yourself, that ad will reach around the world and it will live on that episode or multiple episodes forever. So please email me at conversationswithdwyer at gmail.com and let's get emailing about it and get some ads up here. All right? All right, let's listen to this episode. Conversations with Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. This is a music podcast where I talk to legendary artists, established artists, and some new and up-and-coming ones. And today, I would say, is a pretty goddamn established uh, musician in the world. And it is Bonnie Bloomgarden from the Death Valley Girls. And that song that played us in is from their 2020 album, Under the Spell of Joy. And the song is called Hold My Hand. And I fucking love that song. I love uh, this band. And I love Bonnie Bloomgarden. She's a pretty rad woman, and we had a great time talking. And if you want to look at the our our pretty faces, uh, while you, you instead of listening to this, you can become a Patreon subscriber for five dollars and watch the video of her and I speaking. And there's extra footage that didn't make the final the podcast version. And uh, I do that with uh, as many of my artists as I can. Some don't want to be videoed, but there's videos of. Uh, Dale Crover up there. Also, they all the episodes go up early, and um, soon all Patreon subscribers will get a uh, conversations with Dwyer pin. There's blogs, all kinds of stuff up there. The Patreon, and then you get the satisfaction of knowing that you're supporting conversations with Dwyer. And uh, speaking of which, in the show notes, there's links to everything Matt Dwyer, as well as all the things Bonnie and I discuss and their Bandcamp and stuff. So please buy their music, and support music in a time when people cannot tour. That would mean a lot. That being said, here's my conversation with Bonnie Bloomgarden. Sorry if I keep getting up, but I have a little doggy that, like, uh, that wants to have the same vantage point as me at all times. Um, so, but I'll try not to I get distracted. I have two dogs. I know all about it. Really? Yeah. You have two dogs? I look like one of them. <laughs> what? <laughs> really? That's so uh, Charlie has like a beard and he doesn't have glasses, but he's, he's very fuzzy and uh, I've had him for 13 years. I call so him. Cute. I call him my monk because I feel like he taught me how to be a better human being. Because I feel like I was a real garbage person before then. <laughs> me too. I was a total garbage person until I got a dog. Like, what do you? What? What did the dog what? help you uh, become less garbagey? Um. Well, I didn't. I wasn't even a human. I was just like flopping from situation to situation, and like, um, and the dog just was like. It's like a mirror, a love mirror. You know, you into it, and it's just like I love you, and you're like, I love you too. It's just, you know, and it's like it's at the edge of my hands, like you know, like it's just always, it's always there, and it always it it doesn't want to do anything but be happy. Like that's you know, and it's like okay, fine. Like if I can, I'm the kind of if I can help someone be happy, I'm going to do it. So basically, my life is making my dog happy, which in turn. Makes me happy. <laughs> he taught me a lot about like my emotional state because I had lived alone for like a decade and I was just a selfish, yeah. um, horrible. I just Aww. was like, you know, I never had responsibility. I avoided it pretty successfully for a long time. So to have someone, like yeah. if I got upset, like angry at something, he would react. To, I would have to think about him before I had these. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, that's yeah, so and I just feel cool. like it helped me stop being. I mean, and then you can't you can't be selfish. You have to take care of this. You can't sleep in, and and then You're right. And then one day I had something real. I like I, I forget what it was, but I was upset, like crying, and my he knew something was up, and like he always knows when I'm like sad, like if I, somebody dies or and he's very he changes, 
and like comforts me. It's very weird. Yeah, they're not they're not total <laughs> dummies. They're you know, they're they're like they're loving, like sensitive beings that just want to be happy and like um you know, they're they're here and I think they like guide us through stuff too. Like that's so cool though. My dog, it doesn't have that thing of like, I'll just be like pouring, crying and it'll only be like a few times a year. And she'll just be like, what are you doing? Like, can, do you need, to, you know, it's like, that's just, you know, she's like almost like disgusted by me. And I'm like, you're supposed to, you're supposed to help me. Yeah. It's, it's, it, yeah, it's great. Cause no one on earth ever is that happy to see me repeatedly. Like, <laughs> yeah. Also, my favorite other thing is that, like, the dog can get mad, and then if I, like, just walk out the front door and, like, even just count to ten and come back in, she's, like, so excited to see me. It's it's so easy to make her happy. That's a good trick. I'm going to have to start doing that. Here, this is it. It Oh, I love it. Uh, Yeah, my my dogs are terrier mixes, and so they're fuzzy and... Uh, Yay! It's I, it's weird because people underestimate. I, I don't like when people are like the dog only loves you because you feed it like that kind of. It's like I think animals and a lot of animals in general are a lot more perceptive than we give. I know that sounds real hippie, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm a hippie, <laughs> and uh, let's have no rules with what we what what we talk about. No, they're they're totally. Uh, regular, they're regular people. Dogs are regular people. They're like kids, I, it's you know? Like my, you know, they've been hurt at times and it's like, it becomes, there's times when I, you know, they drive me insane, but when something happens to them, uh, it really, it like affects me. I'm like, oh my God, I got to take care of, he's suffering. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it is a really good like step, uh, in life it's like i think all people should work at restaurants for like I've a year that or two. too and i think like i feel like it's yeah fuck having to join the military for a couple of years everybody should have to wait tables or bartend yeah totally there's oh sorry can you hear that yes, eating thing i'm sorry i know that you probably don't want that to happen <laughs> i don't know how to do you know how to turn it off and i don't know how to use I don't computers know what it is. Oh, sorry. It's text. When I get text, it keeps on doing that. Do you know we what? could just pretend our order is up. <laughs> okay. As long as you don't care. I did like this one podcast and it was like so embarrassing. Uh, yeah, just like totally pretending I was like super professional and then like couldn't get on and all this stuff. And then they were like, you didn't turn off your notifications. And I was like, I don't even know John, how if- to... If you've watched any Chomsky, Noam Chomsky interviews since quarantine, he has this, his, it goes off all the time. And it's, but he's like 97. So you're like, oh, lovable. But I'm, I'm a tech idiot. If I didn't have a, a partner in my life who's much smarter than me, because she's a woman, <laughs> I would, this podcast wouldn't exist. I wouldn't exist. Fair yeah. enough. But Fair we'll just, I'll just, I'll deal with it. I'm a, I, there's a shabby uh, element to my podcast anyway, because I'm a shabby person. <laughs> are you, because you said you're hippie-ish, are you, are you from California? I am. I mainly just said that so you could feel free to say anything and not know that you're not oh, being good. judged. <laughs> I just judge myself. I never judge others. Well, that's not fully true because there's some conservatives out there I judge quite harshly. <laughs> I think judgment's all right. I think uh, wasting your time on the judgments you make is probably yeah. the problem. Or maybe not. Did, I don't know. Did you grow up in sort of a hippie-ish <laughs> environment? Not at all. I grew up a super in a super conservative, super conservative really? environment. Yeah, yeah, um, yes. Uh, in in, I yeah, my parents were are like thoroughly enjoyed and grew up in the fifties, and that is like really where they relate um, 
social gr- thing. Everything is, is very rooted in like the, what was proper in the fifties for proper stuff is like how I was raised. Yeah. My dad yeah. was very fifties and, and you know, uh, if you hurt your hand, he'd make you do push ups and don't cry. Toxic masculinity, like all that, be a tough guy stuff. And I, I, I wasn't a tough. I'm not a tough guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, totally. I think, yeah, it's all very, it's all very interesting. But you know, some people you can, you can't push them into being somebody <laughs> different. You know? and you're just gonna Were waste your time. Religious. That's um, no, not really. Not, not so much. Um, they're Jewish, uh, which is, I think there's degrees of that being a religion and that not being, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, just more, just more like modesty and, um, not, you know, not being vain and all the, all the, yeah, pretty biblical, biblical, like teachings, you know, but, uh, um, just didn't, didn't for me, <laughs> when did you, know? you start sort of uh, breaking out on your own with who you were I've I broke out like I think as soon as as soon as I could I always broke out I like yeah I was a real like I've been thinking about it a lot but I was really wanted to make sure I look as weird as possible on the outside so people I guess couldn't like book like get to me you know like total teenage stuff total but I started dressing crazy and um and mouthing off when I was like 11 you know started being a bad kid (laughs) were there other people dressing in that manner or were you sort of on solo no I was like I was like a future goth Victorian like industrial trash person you know like really wild like dressing like no one has before for for good reason because it was like not cool it was just like the most extreme just to scare people so they wouldn't because I was so shy I think you know like then I thought I was like being tough and cool um or I'd be like super mod like 50s glasses it was just like very I wore a uniform every day for sure and made my parents so mad. It's yeah, because you so said you mad. were trying to keep people from getting to you. So I was wondering if that was like there was a what was being what what you were protecting of yourself. But then you said shy. Yeah, I was just so shy. But I think when you're a little wacky, like instead of just turning in, like or I kind of got it like the fuses crossed. I was like super shy, and I thought by um, wearing like plastic clothing and you know whatever wearing crazy stuff I could keep people away or something but it that doesn't really keep people away people it draws more attention it turns out I was not aware of that life is all you know it's nothing it's just to learn stuff and it's like I've I've dressed in every different you know also I'm in a band so it's like the way the way people are treated I know how yeah, the way you're treated before you play a show versus, like, right after by, like, everyone that works at a concert hall is, like, you know, pretty extreme. Oh. But, you know, being a shy person and then, like, being different than that is, you know, Do you, do you still consider yourself a shy person? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I'm super shy. Um but there's things that I've found that, um, like any, you know, it's like, I don't think being able to sing in front of a thousand people isn't, doesn't make you not shy. It's just like, that's one place where no one can, like, I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. Like, you know, like everywhere else is kind of like, Oh, should I let her go first? Oh, is that a stop sign? Oh, you know, I'm like shy in that way and letting, letting people kind of, take the lead in your life or whatever, but like, you know, on stage or something or when we record or anything about music, it's always like, um, I know what I'm doing. It's not, I can't even be shy. Cause it's just, I'm in charge. You know, it's like, I know what to do, but 
anywhere that's not music, I felt like very like, you know, like a fish out of water or like, you know, alien on the wrong planet or yeah, something. Yeah, I, un- I understand. And a lot of performers tend to be more introverted or quiet. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think it's, I think everybody is weird. Like, so every single human is weird. Every single human has like a creative outlet. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know when else in my band is shy or I don't I, I think it's just I, as like a shy or like, uh, person you think everyone else has it totally together and totally like is so confident and you're the only person in the world that isn't confident so i i can't really i guess i'll have to get back to you on that i don't know i always wonder how many super confident people are fronting it like just it's a put on and because i feel like that does if you fake it you you can push your way through and yeah and then (laughs) anyone who's truly confident i'm like what's what happened? <laughs> it's like, I know. Well, totally. I, it's so weird. Cause that's, I think that that's the biggest thing to learn in life is like how to not let the way you feel about yourself or make, you know, is to make yourself like yourself and feel good and not worry about other things, I guess. And like, I live with my sister and my nephews right now. Um, so I'm seeing people being parented And it's really interesting because it's like, wow, like, you know, just I think I think like everything else you get, you get everyone grows up a certain way and it like either gets twisted a little bit or I mean, I don't think most people grow up in like um, bliss, you know, or maybe or like I think most people aren't confident. Right. I I think even even when I've gotten really good at something, I, I still doubt myself <laughs> or doubt what I'm doing or doubt, even like this podcast, I've done over two, hundreds of, and I still am like, Oh, I sound inarticulate. <laughs> and it's like, uh, and I get nervous. Like I get, you know, uh, I start doubting myself before I start recording. Yeah, no, totally. I, I think that, I don't know why. I don't know if that's a, if like a fear response is, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. It's interesting. Animal behavior study. Somebody told me John Travolta, or I read this, but John Travolta has like an insane amount of confidence where it's like, if he didn't get cast in something before he was famous, he was just like, their mistake. Like I'm the greatest. Like he just has this weird. And I, I don't, I'm like, is that like some kind of, parental thing where you just his mom or dad were just like you're great you're great you're great you're great you're great (laughs) yeah i think maybe maybe it is i think i think like anything i think about like the dog even talking about the dog stuff is like um i like was super not uh mentally healthy and then i was like i'm just gonna get a dog i love dogs like I'll still be totally depressed and waste my life away, but like, at least I'll have something fuzzy. Um, and then like after, you know, and then it's like you wake up every morning and you're like, and there's this fuzzy thing. So happy to see you. And you're like, Oh my God. Hi. You know, like I forgot you were here. And then you like take it on the walk. And then after a few months of waking up and instead of just being like, I used to wake up and be like, oh my god like i can't believe i can't keep you know i wish i could go right back to sleep right now like that's where i was i just wanted to sleep all the time and then it slowly started to be like kind of like waking up and being excited and then now even when i'm on tour or whatever which it's been a year which is crazy but it's like i still wake up happy every day because i train myself so maybe people's parents can be like that like like oh my god hi good morning and you're just like hell yeah it's morning and everyone's psyched to see me like who can i impress today i don't feel like uh no one have responded that way to when i woke up and uh <laughs> <laughs> well that's what dogs I, are for. i didn't have a dog you know. as a kid 
my mom would just wake me up with some god awful song, and it wasn't like joyous. <laughs> so it was just, and I was already a weirdo as a kid, like staying up all night, and I would just want to watch black and white movies until like five in the morning. Yeah, yeah, that's what you when you're a kid. I uh, think. Yeah, I was. I was. I mean, I was like at twelve. I was obsessed with um, the Deer Hunter, so I was not a normal kid. <laughs> but, well, that's right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That sounds about right. <laughs> did you, as when did you take interest in in performing music? Because as a shy, was that and as a shy person, is that like, was that a hurdle to overcome, or did it was it just natural? No, yeah, I went to school for music in high school, and like went to like um, city college. Uh, for music, I guess. Um, but I would like skip every, every time I had to sing, I would like ditch class. I was just too scared. Um, I always knew I wanted to be a musician ever since I was like five. Um, I just thought that that was the coolest thing in the world. Um, like musician. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to be that so bad, but like, yeah, it was like, 18 years or so of just like not not getting it together and then finally um I went to school for jazz and the teacher came up to me and she's like I know what you're doing it's not like she's like you you skip out every time it's your turn and she's like you can't really um be in this program you can't be in a singing program uh if you're if you're not going to do it so this next week or whatever um your performance, you have to do it or else you're like kicked out of the music department. And I was like, all right, here we go. So I just invited every single person I knew. And I was like, all right, like I have to do this. So it doesn't matter how high the pressure is. Like, it's just, you're going up there a hundred percent, no matter what. Um, and, and I hated it and I, I hated it so much. And I, then I joined a band and I, I hated it. I hated being on stage. It was like, I just didn't get why you, it seemed more like a, a, like indulgent, selfish thing that I was like uncomfortable doing. And then finally, at some point I was like, this has nothing to do with me. Like, I'm just pushing this song out and I'm just singing the song. And, um, and like, once it starts to be like this psychic connection you have with the people you're playing with, it's just so fun. And I kind of stopped forgetting, um, stop like trying to be in my head and start trying to be out of my head and then it was like this is awesome it's an out-of-body experience like it's the only you know it's the only thing I ever want to do again and um and yeah it wasn't like I was just so self-conscious that it was like everyone's looking at me why are they looking at me like and then it was just like I'm not me I'm not anybody like I'm like so and outer space right now and you know what I mean like it just was like a flip like uh yeah like a flip like what am I you know like just when an out-of-body experience and now it's like that's how I kind of um talk about good shows versus bad shows like if there's a show where I was in my head I'm like oh that sucks but a good show is like yeah, like what just happened? That was amazing. Like I was just gone for a half hour. I think I was. I was going to yeah. ask if there's ever moments that you surprise when you're in that zone. If there's moments that surprise you, because I did read about one moment where you like jumped in the audience, took a piece of pizza off of someone's table, <laughs> and ate it, which I was like, that's awesome. And I hope the pizza was good. <laughs> but like, I was. Do those moments just? Were you the afterwards you're like, oh I, I did like I don't remember or I surprised myself? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. But I also like I drink tequila when I play, um, because like your throat you know when you like they say if you get in a car accident, not if you're driving, but um but if you're drinking and you get in a car accident, you don't get as injured because your body's like loose. Um, have you heard that? Uh, I haven't, but I've been drunk in cars often. (laughs) Yeah. Like if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're loosened up, it's like, it it hurts to sing loud. People don't really think about that, but 
it actually like our band is really loud and it hurts. So I drink tequila. So there's a lot of things I don't necessarily like, you know, you're just so in the moment. There's many things that happen that I'm definitely very shocked at afterwards. And I'm like, wait, what? And like, um, particularly that people can contact you on like social media and be like, Hey, you said like these, you said that you need a pan flutist in the band. I'm like, I'm totally ready to meet you guys. Like anywhere to come. I'm like, like for like any, anything like, you know, just, yeah, <laughs> anything and everything is surprising and shocking. And, um, but mainly it's like, uh, mainly what's weird is when you like cross that threshold of reality, time is so strange. So I'm always really shocked. Like I'll usually feel like I've given everything I have and I'll realize like afterwards I'll be like, okay, cool. We're probably almost done. I'm just be like, man, I really worked hard there. And then I'll look and it'll be like the third song and I'll be like, dude, it, it like felt like it was an hour, but really it was only like 15 minutes. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like, I don't think I'm going to be able to, uh, I'll be like, I I can't pull this off. Like I'm done. I don't want to do this. And then it's like, you know, there's just like little moments where you tap back into reality and you're like, Oh shit. Did I just, did I even sing that song? Like, it's just really weird. You know, when doesn't that get exhausting like that, where you like, I just gave everything. And then you're like, Oh, I got 40 minutes to go. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it just like zoom back out to like the astral realm or wherever myself goes when my body performs, I guess. It's like, but I, I know that after shows, like I don't get how most people party so hard on tour. Like after a show, I'm like, I have nothing left to give. Like I've given all of my love, all of my everything. And it's like, you know, it's just like, I just want to hang out and talk to people, but I don't know how people like go and do like, you know, <laughs> cocaine or something like, every night. It's like, dude, if you have time to like do that, like, I don't know how you, you know, like I never understood that. It was just like, leave the show, I, you know, like going to after parties and all this stuff. It's like, how do you do that? Didn't you just give everything you have? Like, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. I've heard of some musicians who, um, like, after shows, they'll just go and take a bath. And I'm like, that sounds great, opposed to an eight ball of Coke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm far in the middle. Like, I, I quit smoking when this started. But I used to like to go outside and, like, hang out with, like, you know, people smoking and just <laughs> whatever. Just, like, talk to people and, like definitely not like to wind down like okay here's the the main event is the show and now let's like talk and like so you know like what do you do you believe in ghosts and then just like you know and then go back to the motel and like or wherever we're staying and get to watch tv because tv is the best part of tour (laughs) you know what do you what do you usually like to watch on on tour or is it just like random tv no well i mean none of us have tv regularly like well i don't know life is so different now it's so hard to um i don't know what everyone's doing now but um we would like get obsessed with like naked and afraid have you heard of that show (laughs) it's pretty it's i don't know why but it's like if you're having to watch something like five people in every city that you know you you got to take what you can get. However, having said that naked and afraid is pretty amazing. It's like, it's, and I think that they won whatever the award is for TV people. I think they won it for editing, but it's like, yeah, they're like put in these remote destinations, a man and a woman generally, I think. And they have to give up all their clothes and survive, but they also have like, um, infrared goggle like they have so much stuff that's so weird where it's like what you know it's such a i don't know it's pretty amazing though because these people are just like they realize like oh uh it's not that easy to be naked being being naked for extended periods of time sometimes it can get a little uh complicated (laughs) yeah they're like yeah like it's always like should we hug at night? Like, should we cuddle? Cause it's cold. And someone's like, no, I'm married. 
and then they will like both like have to be pulled out early because they're like <laughs> you know like freezing to death or they'll just i don't know it's a really good one and we also we used to watch forensic files um to go to sleep that was our favorite we love forensic files um but uh i had to stop i had to cut out uh true crime from my um my repertoire, like, uh, it, it gets a little, because like I, I used to watch the, what is it? The first 48. Is that the, oh, oh yeah. That one's I just, great. I would just like binge watching it. And then and this is when I lived alone and it might've been pre, pre, pre Charlie, but, uh, uh, it just was getting in my head. Like you start getting paranoid and I started and depressed and same with the Richard Ramirez documentary. I would watch that before bed. And then, it's not fun to go to bed when you're thinking about a guy who breaks into houses and kills people. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, yeah, I used to, and on tour, we used to exclusively, we would listen to true crime podcasts, um, for like eight hours a day, play the show then go and watch forensic files at night. And so it'd be like our entire lives were on the highway loud loud highway the highway is never quiet it's like your whole life is loud and then you're listening to like the most like deviant like worst brains in the whole wide world and um and you know we related to like you've seen the first 48 so it's like we related to the detectives like trying to help uh you know or trying to think like what would we do to solve the crime or whatever but it was just like at some point we realized we listened to a different podcast and we realized that the, as much as we can listen to the most messed up minds, uh, in the world and find out about like the psyche, we can also hear about like great minds and change our own psyche. And like, once I realized that I was like, dude, we can't no more, no more, like, <laughs> never, no more. And so now it's like, I went from exclusively like, reading true crime i mean for my whole life being obsessed with it like i think it's just the same the same thing as like learning about yourself psychology and stuff i think it's like it's so fun to learn from the worst of the worst but it's like at some yeah it just got to be too much i was like this is not we need to we need to change our brains and like uh yeah and we did, <laughs> and we did. Um, but I was dying to watch the Richard Ramirez thing because I love him. It's, you know, great story, so exciting. But it's like I can't. Once I cut that out, it's like it's it's like sugar, I guess, or something. Like once you cut it out, you're like, I don't need it anymore. Um, yeah, I. Yeah, there. Uh, I was it. conflicted with watching it because I cut out a lot that sort of stuff out of my life too. But it's uh, it's he's 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 fascinating, and that because he's sort of he was like the Beatles of serial killing because <laughs> he went in so many yeah. different directions. It's just like, and the yeah. cops that investigated it are interesting, but it's like I didn't it, it didn't feel good. Like I just I didn't like. And I also feel like it's weird because there's culturally we have such an obsession with serial killers, but it's like sort of it's weird because we kind of leave out the victims in that scenario often, and that seems grotesque to me. <laughs> right. Well, I think I think people I think people I mean spend a lot of time, but I think people like monsters, and I think people like the good guys that yeah. get the monsters. I think the monsters effect is too real. So that part we forget about, but like you, like just because the love of monsters and the love of the monsters, you know, getting caught is like, is, is our favorite, but yeah, it is, it is extreme. If you think about, um, it being real yeah. in any way or anyone that's actually or like our guitar player Larry he knew uh he grew up with someone that was killed by the Green oh, wow. River Killer um yeah so it's just this weird thing of like he's just one person that she one of his the victims and you know like how that affected him just going to high school you know and it's like it affects so many people but I think there's a lot to learn from like 
like if people are interested in psychology and um you know whatever it's it, it like serial killers are a great place to start if you want to learn about the brain but uh but just like anything else if if whatever you jam in your eyeballs like is kind of who you can become so if you jam like like I did like I kind of like like love stories now because I'm like (laughs) you know like that's so sweet that like I can feel that instead of like like kind of being like well that was a stupid mistake like if I was that serial killer you know and it's like why am I trying (laughs) to find out how to get away with murder like we would we would talk about it all the time like as if we were like we might murder someone one day we're gonna need to know like we need to memorize all the mistakes that every other murder has made you know it's like but now we're like uh yeah let's listen to people pursuing their <laughs> dreams or just anything right anything else like you know um but but it's i mean it's, it's also there's more to life than listening to stuff too you know and watching stuff um, but not when you're on tour, like, you know, like if it's like eight hours a day of like just jamming stuff in your brain, um, it can't be music because then you hate it. You know, that's bad for your ears to just listen to music all day and then be in a loud concert hall. So this is your podcast. I think this is what's the most important. I think this is what's going <laughs> the world is not not crime, not, not music for your ears, not crime or music for your ears. My goal with this podcast is to save the world. (laughs) That's good. You, you quit music for a while, didn't you? Which I, yeah, because it seemed interesting to me because you seem so in love with it. And I'm just curious, like what made you decide to quit for a while? Like, honestly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I was like a drug addict and uh, my band broke up and I was just like, and it was drug addict. Like, that's so hard, you know, uh, but it's, I was a real, you're just shitty. Am I allowed yeah. to say that word? Yeah. And everyone in the band was just, it was just a bad Um, and, and so the band broke up and I was just like, that sucked. Like, I, I'm never doing that again. And, and I sold my stuff. Also, I think probably for money, I sold all my gear. And then I was like, "Eh," you know, um, and, but I kept my guitar because like I had really nice like organs and, uh, Wurlitzer and stuff. Um, but I kept my guitar and I always, I always played it, but, um, that's when I started, I started writing a lot of music when I quit music. Cause I, it wasn't for anything. Um, and that's when I found out I really like writing pop music. <laughs> I love writing, uh, pop music and then, and then mucking it up. That's my favorite thing to do. Making it really dirty. Was it the, your current band or was it a different band that you quit? It was a different band. Um, it was called the witnesses. Um, and yeah, everyone, it was like the band was together, like longer than high school exists. It was like six years. And I think from when we were like, or from when I was like 19 to whatever, 25 and, you know, just, yeah, it was just like, it was crazy and super fun, but like most bands, it ended in a blaze of (laughs) Not <laughs> I, I, I never got that impression that's why you quit from the articles and interviews I watched I thought it was I, I, I didn't know what it was that's why I asked I didn't know because I used to perform not music and and I've I quit so many times just because I I don't for a thousand reasons uh, partly because I hate the business <laughs> And uh, just like all, I don't know, just, 
when you when you start doing things for fun and then you get involved in the business that gets but you're with suicide squeeze so that's more of a from what i understand that's more of a easygoing label opposed to being business business gross gross yeah well he's like the coolest guy in the world and like my now best friend and totally saved us like we didn't yeah we didn't know anything smart i'll tell you that we were just like we're like really um um excite easily excitable easily ex- we're just really like trusting and believing and loving and like got fucked over so much you know like all the regular stories but we we just like I'm the kind of person that I just my I like I'll find like one thing I like about someone then I love them forever no matter what else what else they do and that's not very good for like business you know relationships so um David Suicide Squeeze really helped us be like like you know grow up and be like I don't know, just at least be able to stick up for ourselves or whatever and, like, um, have a goal and have more than, like, before we didn't know anything about the business because it changes so much. And, like, um, even in the last, every year, this last year, even though, you know, it's, like, music industry changes so much. And without someone that is looking to the future, if you're not a future-thinking person, like, you can't do it because it's like a full-time job is another thing I think people don't realize is I am doing this, um, every day, all day, pretty much. And, um, so yeah. And the idea that we haven't played in like a year is so crazy that I've only been doing the not fun part. (laughs) Like talking to schlubs like me. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is the only part that's good, but I mean, like, emails or planning or you know just like before it's like playing and connecting with people and meeting people and like our job is like pretty much that um people go out to be excited and have fun and then we're there to like create that zone and keep it lasting and hopefully give them something to make them excited the next day even you know and like or like learn you know have some feeling that lasts as long as energy can and it's like it's a pretty cool job and to be like we're just gonna take away the part where you get to make people excited but <laughs> you know what I mean um I guess I'll keep working on you know like getting to make people excited later that'll be fine yeah it's a, it's amazing how like a great live show can stick with you like when I saw the MC5 reunion at the tele- yeah that's it was cool. Congratulations. Thank you. It was, and I mean, it was like a religious experience. Like I was just, I felt like for days I was like, holy fuck. Like, I can't believe that. And it's, and yeah. I've seen, I've unfortunately, I've never seen you, you all live. And I've heard, I said you all, I'm not even from the fucking South. I don't know why. <laughs> but well, uh, I've heard the same, like our, our mutual friend, Dustin, was like he's like there's nothing like it there's nothing like them live that's so cool when to (laughs) just to back up when you quit and you were writing those songs was that sort of was that's what led into death valley girls or was that just what was what do you what was that leading towards or how did you get back on that sort of train band train well i didn't yeah i just was like on drugs and not a person for a long time like maybe like four years or something and I didn't know how to stop or what or what I or that I was doing it I think you don't even know you're just like it's weird but uh then I just like didn't I wasn't a person I wasn't anybody and I didn't realize but it it, like for me I need to play music to be some to to be somebody like you know I don't know like I think some people like exercise or I don't know whatever it is that makes other people feel like a human Uh, unfortunately if I don't if I'm not working on music I'm just like I hate myself and so I finally was just like 
was just like, I hate myself. I hate everything. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I, I just was like, I, I need to be in a band. I don't know much, but I need to be in a band. I started a few bands. Um, and I think they were okay. There are other people liked them, but I was just too messed up. And then, um, and that was in New York. And then I moved out to Los Angeles and, uh, played in a couple bands and got my like sea legs <laughs> or whatever. Um, yeah. And then started, and then it was like, I hate it here. Like, cause I, I was, yeah, I just, I was like, I need to start my own bands. Like I can't join other people's bands. Like I need my own bands. And then I was like, please universe. And then like a week later I met, uh, um, the guitar player and his sister and we started the band. Um, and yeah, and it was awesome. And, um, and they were sober, which is, was really cool too, because I think, um, even though I wasn't sober, it was cool to not <laughs> hang out with people that like do, you know, I like drank or whatever, like smoked weed, but it was cool to be with people whose focus was like, we want to play music every Friday night, meet us here. And I was like, <laughs> yes, I can do that. Just all you have to do is write some songs. It's like, yes, I can do that. So, uh, that's how it started. It was just like this kind of like, mission to make it every Friday. Um, and like sh very shortly after I got the dog. Uh, so it was like, everything just <laughs> fell into place. <laughs> that really was like, just like, okay, it, you've wasted enough of life. Like you have to, you have to get up, get out there, you know? And yeah, this death Valley girls was that thing. And the dog. <laughs> I've heard you've had some UFO experiences. Yeah, I have. <laughs> uh, of all things that I'm surprised about in 2020, the thing that's most shocking is that is that one, I found a bunny on Easter. I found a tiny baby bunny. So cute on Easter. And on Christmas, I saw a UFO. And um, I've, I wouldn't say that... Um, I'm pretty heavy in the UFO world, um, I would say, and pretty involved and try and be more involved all the time. Um, and I know lots of people that are, are real, like, abductees, contactees, and, you know, have seen some real sightings that I would say, like, wow, that you're so lucky. Um, but until Christmas this year, I had never just like had, had what an experiencer has, which is, um, wake up at a completely different time than ever before. Like I usually wake up really early and on Christmas I woke up, um, this isn't even that exciting of a story, but it's just the most extreme sighting and I can send it to you. It's like, I have like a seven minute video of, um, of, of a UFO and I sent it to all the, people you send that stuff to and everyone's like this is a very intriguing case like, <laughs> yes um, but yeah I just I woke up and I was so late and I went somewhere like compelled to go somewhere I never go that late because of uh it's just too busy and crowded and whatever blah 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 and I just look up and there's just this object um that you know there was other objects. It, it just lasted for so long, completely silent. Um, saw planes fly by. So I, I got perspective, got angle, all this stuff. Um, it slowly rotated. It looked like, um, like a cigar shaped one. Um, and, but when it rotated it, it kind of like these UFOs on here, it had four lights and it was a circle. There's four lights on the bottom. It's pretty, pretty extreme. Like, um, and was there for a while and I was videotaping it, you know, with my vi <laughs> video camera. <laughs> and then I realized I had been like, I don't know how long, I didn't know how long I'd been looking at it. And I realized like I, my dog doesn't go on a leash at the park. And I was like, Oh shit. Like maybe I lost my dog. And I looked down 
And then by the time I looked up, it was just gone, like a hundred percent gone. Um, which, which is impossible for uh, any object to do, um, just be gone without being visible, <laughs> like within seconds. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's the least exciting one, but, um, but yeah, I go to like UFO conventions and, um, uh, and I'm part of the like support group for contactees and abductees. Um, and yeah, I like to, I like to, I like to mess around with that stuff. Do you th- and like, Oh, I was just, oh, sorry. Do, was, do you think there was a connection to you sleeping late and seeing the UFO? Like there was, is there a connection with that or am I looking too hard? No, well, I don't, I don't even, yeah, I, I, I don't like to, I'm not like an Occam's razor kind of guy. Like I like to think of all the possibilities and just like mess around. But, um, when I told the group or when I sent the video, they asked, um, if you, if you, most things about abduction and UFO stuff, there is stuff that led up to your situation. So the whole day is important to remember and tell the story. Um, I could have left that out, but I just think it, it's more fun to say how strange it was that I was forced beyond my will to go to the spot and look up and see a UFO, you know, it's like, this, the whole thing is weird. Um, and if you ever see anything, it's very important that you know all the things that are weird about that day. Um, and, and, you know, write down what time and everything else. Um, what goes on in the, <laughs> if you can talk about it, like in the abductee, support groups is there because i i feel like people who aren't aware of the of that i don't know world i think there's probably a lot of misconceptions because yeah. i think yeah wh- yeah for sure i think so please keep going it seemed like <laughs> well i was just because you know people it's there's a lot of you know there's been a lot of sort of comedy sketches and jokes about it of like and I think that, you know, like the butt probing thing and like, I, I feel like there's these, I'm like, they're probably misconceptions and they're probably, you know, for the joke or whatever. I'm just wondering like, what is the things that people aren't aware of or that w- people would be surprised to hear? Not as articulate as I was hoping I mean, to get that. <laughs> no, that's, I totally, I get you. I get you, girl. Um, yeah, I think the whole thing is all completely shocking and i think i don't think anyone will it's very hard to believe if you've not had an experience but i think um i've just always i've always felt like if before i mean i i don't even consider myself to have it had experience but i always imagine that if people if millions of people are having this experience and not being believed um, I want to be there for them. Like, I believe, you know, like whether or not that's how it started is whether or not it was an alien, these people believe something seriously crazy happened to them and it's ruining their lives to talk about it. That's the main thing is like, I got into it by reading about stuff from, you know, before like the fifties and sixties and stuff like that. Um, when there was no way for people to really, there wasn't drones, there wasn't things that it could be easily, I like to focus on those stories where it's just like, okay, they, there's no way these two people could have fake, you know, you just find, you connect the dots basically. And there's just, um, lots of research done. And and even in the government, it's all accessible. There's so much research done on it. And I think, um, any level that anyone wants to be part of, they can, but it's like, it starts with like people that, some people think that there's like just a, a bunch of different races of aliens. Some people um, are just connected to one or or one race of alien, and they're psychically connected to them. Some people in these groups, um, basically, it's like uh, a like a their whole family, like every single every single mother and daughter 
or has been abducted. Um, some people believe that they are hybrids, that they remember, um, you know, some people in the groups um, feel that they uh, have been implanted with a hybrid baby um, and that they're making that, and they can tell that this baby is different than the pregnancy they had before. Um, some people have lost babies and they think that uh, it's from that. I mean, just anything, anything, everything. Some people have been, you know, it's like usually typically these people, it's happened since they were little kids, um, no matter where they move, no matter what they do. Um, so yeah, there, I mean, there, anything you can think of somebody, it's happening to somebody. Um, and they're, they really, the community is like, is everyone is so different. It's all different people, all different ages. But the one thing in common is that once you've been abducted, you don't eat meat anymore. None of them, they're all vegetarians. They can't, they, something happens to you when you get taken where you just like, when you come back, you're like, Oh, I couldn't eat that. I could, I've never I heard that, that before. That's pretty wild. Did they know what that's about or? I think, no. Well, I just know. Cause I went to the, like every Christmas they have a, um, uh, dinner on the queen Mary, um, for the meetup group and everyone like, and I was like, I went just cause I want to help support them. And my like friend's mom is the one that invented the support group. And she's a hypnotherapist that helps people like go, dig back in and see, she's like a top dog UFO, like hypnotherapist lady. Um, and, um, but I was the only one that was eating meat out of like 40 or 50 people. And I asked the lady next to me, and she was like, um, yeah, like, I think it's just that once, I guess maybe once that becomes another option of maybe alien meat is too disgusting that they're, you know, just thinking like, how is the cow different than an alien? Like, I'm not going to eat that alien. I, I don't know. She, they were just like, oh no, I could never, could never do that again. Once I got back from the ship and you're like, Okay. So I'm like, okay, I'm not eating meat either, you know? I'm going to do what the, like, abductees do, you know? <laughs> Did, oh, so you quit eating um, meat too because of that? Yeah, it just seem, it seems like it seems like the right thing to do, you know? Uh, I just, yeah, totally. I mean, I think that, I think half of the people are scared of, um, half of the people are scared of what's going on and half of the people are just are feel like they're being um guided by you know and it's not like some of them are like there's there are these um beings of knowledge um that are teaching us and you know and we're messing up or you know some people are just like i don't want to be part of this hybrid program like i don't i don't want to be like you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's all wide ranging, but like, if you don't believe in any of it, it's these, it's like, you don't even know what you don't believe because it's crazy. It's so extreme. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know much. I mean, I know little bits, but I never like deep dived, deep dove into it. But, deep dove. <laughs> I, <didn't, laughs> I wasn't dived, dove, David, well, it's, it's David, deep David. <laughs> I believe it's valid. Yeah. No, I mean, it's not. It's like, yeah, it's, I think I'm very interested in, or I've always believed in aliens because I just thought it was silly to think that we would be the only. In a vast, what, infinite only, universe. Is, that's just insane. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Just like looking at octopus, like, or any animal, anything, everything is so far out. I think there's more possibilities than not possibilities. And I think, um, and I think it's just silly to think that, yeah, it's just, of course there's something else. Um, and, and maybe it isn't, maybe it isn't like from other planets or we don't know much about dimensions. Like we don't know about anything. And I think, yeah, and I think it, I think it's all related. I don't think that there's like ghosts and like there are these you know like 
um, and they all wear Victorian clothing. And like, you know, it's just, I think UFOs, and I, I sort of feel like a lot of it is, it's just us, you know, like, it's just us. Like they used to see, you know, in like the 1800s, the UFOs they would see would be like ships, um, like with sails, you know? And then like, why is it in the fifties? They saw these like flying saucers that look pretty similar to the cars of the time. And, you know, and then it was like in the nineties and two thousands, it was like this triangle. Typically you'd see a triangle. And then now it's like, you know, it's just, why would UFO technology change so much? Um, but also be in line with our technology. I think it's just, I don't know what it is, but I think it's more an interdimensional thing than, uh, than, you know, beings from light years away that like, you know, like the Nordics or the Greys or I, I don't know. I think we don't know that, I guess, but it exists. It's there. <laughs> opening yourself up to it allows, like you being open to it allows you to see it more. Well, that's interesting that you say that because I've noticed on tour, because we also tell anyone our thing is like, if you have any supernatural paranormal stories uh or, um talk to us after the show like we'll we will interview you because i, I want to have a paranormal podcast so i've been interviewing people for a while um after shows and just getting collecting stories but yeah it's like the places where you think where people are the most conservative and perhaps religious um, are the places that believe the most in ghosts and UFOs and other stuff, which is interesting. The more like liberal a place, like without religion, the more skeptical people are, which, so I don't really know if, if you open yourself up to it, if you're more likely to see it or not. I think if you ask people that have been, deeply affected like abducted or contactees and stuff like that I think they'll I think it it's a wide range but just as far as maybe just seeing something maybe you have to be more open to it I don't know I, I it's just so hard to say because I don't think like a ghost is like this intentional you know I think it's all it's all the same. There's just, there's powers and things we don't know. Like we don't see that much. We can't hear that many frequencies. Like Lord only knows ghosts could be yelling at all of us all the time, all day, you know, like we have no, we don't know so much. So I just think, I think there's a certain amount that you can open yourself up to receive information, but I don't know that that means that information can't just hit you without your you know, desire for it. It, you know, I mean, like the, uh, to to claim I know something that goes on in the universe is kind of pretty would be an arrogant sort of. It's like this vast, multifaceted entity, and I'm going to be like, I got this. Right. Totally. Well, it, I mean, that's why I always think people are like, they're like, you guys are weird for being into like ghosts and what you guys are weird for whatever. And it's like, I think you're weird for not being into this. You know, it's like, I think it's so weird that you don't, you're not obsessed with what happens after life. Like you're, that's weird. Like, or you don't focus most of your time on whether or not there's aliens. Like that's weird. Like you don't like, what do you spend your time thinking about if you're not curious about the mysteries of the universe? The last album, just to, and then we we can wind it up. I just curious about the last album you said it was about death. Is that was that a conscious thing where you're like we're gonna write a when you started writing it or would, did that just sort of happen organically? Um, I mean, I think I think everything. I mean, we're just as interested in like supernatural and paranormal stuff as we are in music I think it was just like I think we wanted to I mean I think we wanted to make a record so that people wouldn't have to be sad when other people die I think that that's like thinking looking back on it that's silly and like nobody can make 
you know, no, that, that isn't something that can be accomplished in like 10 songs, um, that are whatever, but, uh, yeah, but I think we just, we just were like, oh my God, everyone dies and like everyone gets so sad. <laughs> what if we could, what if we could help like change that a little bit, like remind people something, but, um, we realized that that's, doesn't make as much sense as trying to help people um, live more fulfilled lives, which is which is the which is what the last record is about. <laughs> um, which, yeah, I, that's true and hilarious because uh, I know that that doesn't make sense. That influenced the because I feel like there's a a bit of a ch- change musically with that album. Like, is it the first album that you have horns? I know I should. Like there's the saxophone or am I confused? No, we had only a little bit on the last record. Hi. Um, We had just on a couple songs and I think we always, um, we always wanted to, but uh, this, this, this new record is pretty much just all improvised everything. Yeah. And uh, cause that's for some reason I, that's how I work, which is terrifying. And, <laughs> but, um, yeah, pretty much, it's pretty much just like, uh, procrastinate as much as like can possibly be procrastinated until the moment when everyone's like, we're going in the studio next week, what's up? And then like little bit, but so anyways, the, the horns, uh, since we don't usually you send people songs and you're like, come in and play on the song um but we didn't even have songs so it was just like hey here's a couple ideas like can you come and play on them and Gabe the saxophone guy um when he came in he was just like it was so much fun it was all so improvised he was like I'll just try it on every song and it was like oh my god we every song needs saxophone <laughs> it turns out um so yeah and it's cool like in the weirdest ways since we haven't been on tour now everything we've done um since the record came or like the this last year or whatever of lockdown we've gotten to have him play so now i guess he's in our band now we have a saxophone right. player well, uh <laughs> thank you very much for your time i hope i enjoyed this greatly yeah. i hope you enjoyed yourself if you didn't that's fine too <laughs> yeah. conversations with the wire please become a patreon subscriber if you like also subscribe to the show on your itunes or what have you not and tell your friends about the show that would mean a lot to me as well as uh, go to the link tree in the show notes or the mattdwire.com or conversations with the wire at the instagram and you could learn more about the show buy merch and all those great things thank you very much for listening